Welcome to our short podcast today as part of a series sharing experiences to support you, our Adobe Partner Specialist, on how to continually drive the right behaviours and activities to maximise your opportunity for success. My name is Caroline Egan and the title of our podcast today is How Pushy is Too Pushy. Engaging stakeholders across your own partner business is a critical to you as an Adobe Partner Specialist in being able to scale and accelerate your opportunity and generally to meet your business goals on an ongoing basis. Engaging virtual teams and developing mindshare can sometimes, as I think we'll all agree, and I certainly can from experience, can sometimes be quite daunting. Sometimes we just don't know where to start and on occasion we often lack confidence particularly around some of the more senior stakeholders in our own businesses that we need to connect to and work with. They always seem very busy. Sometimes it's very difficult to ascertain how we can get in front of them, gain their mindshare and engage with them to support us on what we need to do to achieve our goals for ourselves, Adobe and for our partner business, of course. So our podcast today is about highlighting some great examples and experiences of how one senior executive has been through this process to give practical ideas, tips and tricks, and generally how to answer that question, how pushy is too pushy. So generally some great learning experiences I hope that you're going to get from the session today. So to hear firsthand, a special guest joins me, Jez Hazeman from Adobe. Welcome Jez, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks Caroline, Uh, I'm really pleased to be here and thanks for uh, for the opportunity. So my name is Jez Hazeman, I am the senior channel sales lead for Adobe, who covers the north uh, of EMEA. Um, I've been with the organization probably about four to five months now. I come with a, a quite a long line of experience across channel and, uh, and channel business, where I spent time at um, channel organizations like Citrix and latterly at Microsoft for 17 years. So I've been in your shoes as a, as a sales specialist. I've done all of the basic stuff and, and, and worked my way up through the sales uh, structures to get to, to the role that I'm in today. So I, I kind of understand exactly the challenges that, that, that you guys face. Yeah, great. So you've clearly been through those different roles in your career where you've had to engage virtual teams in particular and obviously drive that mindshare that we talked about. So what would you say first off, Jez, to our Adobe partner specialists that are listening to the podcast today, especially if they're having some challenges in engaging teams and, and driving that mindset? Yeah. So first of all, I think one of the key things is we've all been there. You're not on your own. This is not something that is new to, to anyone. This is a, a specific scenario that everyone faces, especially when you're coming into uh, or taking up such a role when you're working within a partner, you're within their structure, their processes, and you are in there to earn the right to really help that organization drive more business for, uh, for Adobe. So if I think back to my time, I've been in this situation many times. I think the, the last one really was when I started my role at Citrix. My role was to own and run the relationship between Microsoft and Citrix. So in essence, I had to really work with the Citrix sales teams to show the value of what Microsoft could bring to them. So if you think about and you understand those individuals and where they are in their 
their day-to-day roles. They're very much focused on the KPIs and and the targets that the organization has set for them. And really there's a there's a role of building that relationship, building that understanding and uh, and challenging those teams to really show the value that Microsoft can bring to the Citrix sales guy that's going to accelerate the outcome for them. So it's getting their attention. It's really having those practical examples. It it can be daunting, but you go through that process of building the confidence. And it's, it's that small hanging fruit, those little nuggets, those little wins, where you can showcase the opportunity to whoever you're engaging with to build out your network that really shows the value that you bring that allows them to actually think, actually, that's, that's, the, that's a good idea. Because to be quite honest with you, those sales teams and those organizations will be looking at their quotas and they'll be wondering, how do I reach my quota? So if you bring value around, I can help you reach your quota by doing X, and here's an example, you'll, you'll get that mindshare pretty quickly. So yes, it's maybe daunting. Yes, it may be, be challenging, but don't think that for a moment they won't be receptive to that because at the end of the day, they're in a sales organization and they, they have a target they need to meet. If you can help them do that by bringing that experience and bringing that example, then you'll definitely get mindshare. Right. So, so let's, I guess, start at the beginning. You know, there are potentially many stakeholders in a partner business that specialists need to be engaging with across all different types of teams, as you mentioned, sales teams, maybe marketing, pre-sales, management, and also sometimes, you know, admin and back office teams. And we've heard on some of our other podcasts how a couple of our Adobe partner specialists have really engaged well, for example, with admin and back office teams to support in, in accelerating deal registration, which has been great for them. So any personal tips from your own experience on how you initially build those virtual teams, how you understand where to go and how you initially go out and understand um, who they are? Yeah, I think the key thing for me when I when I talk to individuals and I still do this for individuals in organisations that I've left before is you really need to understand the landscape that you're working in. I think there's a real job of work to do to spend time understanding who the main points of contact are, understand how the organization is structured, understand their roles and responsibilities. I think a key thing as well to understand is what what is their success criteria? What is going to make them successful? What are the key things and the KPIs within their own organization? Not only from a from a revenue perspective, but there'll be other soft metrics. So getting a really strong, rounded understanding of how the organization ticks, the infrastructure of the organization from top to bottom, who are the most important individuals that have influence in your area, and actually understanding and doing some stakeholder mapping to understand where does my sphere of influence really impact these sales guys, this sales manager, because this is the part of the business that the Adobe element sits in. And we contribute to this person's overall business objective and KPI, not only from a quota perspective, but from a long term and an annual business perspective. I think the great thing about that is that it keeps you focused, doesn't it? Absolutely. And that's that's a key thing. That's exactly the right thing, um, because you can become very 
I, I could say, overwhelmed quite quickly when you go into yeah. a new, new organization. So the key thing, as, as you rightly pointed out there, is who, map the organization, who is important, understand how they're paid, understand who is influenced by who, and understand the value that your part of the business has in the bigger picture of that organization. Because you will be in a part of the business, say modern work or infrastructure, where they'll be contributing to an all-up number. So okay. really understand that. And once you've begun to understand that, you can begin to engage specifically with individuals that you know you can actually add value to. Great. And I think, you know, once you've obviously gone through that process, you've touched on this a bit already, but any other further guidance or experiences that you can share that help to build mindshare? You know, the sort of behaviours, once you're engaging with people, I mean, you talked about understanding their roles, their KPIs, but what, what sort of behaviours can you exhibit as you build that mindshare that can help? The way that I've always been successful is by going above and beyond. You, you've made some great points around understanding the back office influence as well. I think never forget that you are in an organisation and you've become part of that organisation. Even though you're working for Adobe, you are part of their team. So really invest in, in, in creating relationships with individuals. Really invest in really... Um, going above and beyond if someone's got a problem and and it's not within your remit but you can help help because that builds confidence that builds an appetite to work with you because they know that you bring value over and above your role and I think working with enthusiasm working with passion for what you do because you have to think about these things the way that I've done this is I you think about this on a on a, on a human level People like to work with people that are passionate, they are fun, they are driven. Uh, and, and it's funny because what I've realised over, over my time is because I'm very passionate about whatever I do, people kind of migrate towards those people that have got a lot of passion. It becomes infectious, doesn't it? Absolutely. And if you drive that mentality and that, and that perception that you have, you're a driver, you are, you're, you're focused, you want to help, you're you know, have the best interests of the individual and the business at heart and you want to help, once you get to that position, you really do earn the right and you'll find yeah. yourself very quickly being escalated within the organisation and you've earned the right to ask your stakeholders, would I be able to have speak to Mrs Smith who's running it? I've got, a, I've got, I'd just like to touch base with her just to make sure that everything that we're doing, is there anything else we could be doing? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's great and I think, you're earning the right, I think, is a really important point that you've made there. And, and being infectious and being someone that people want to work with, I think, is great. I did a survey a few years ago. And this, I think why I'm going to say this is an important point. Uh, when I was working at Microsoft, we did a survey with some Fortune 500 CEOs and about the three things they look for in partnership. And you would expect a CEO to, to come back with some highly strategic driver that's going to be focused for the business but it was it was amazing what he came back with he came back with three these guys came back with three things and ladies do what you say you're going to do was the first one yeah. do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it was the second one and the last one was you take this either way is do it with some manners because i want to work with people i like and that was that's really stuck with me over the years. That's great. Uh, those 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 
those key things. I think it encapsulates everything that I've said before by going over and above, being passionate, driven, embed yourself in the organization, understand the culture of the organization, understand the landscape of the organization, earn the right to add your value to individuals. And, and I think with what you were saying earlier around understanding KPIs and all of those good things, it also means that you're able to show that you're having relevant and valuable discussions for them and that you respect that, which I think is, again, what you're saying. It's an important point because they know that you are working in their best interests as well. You're not just working on your own agenda. That's absolutely right, Karen. So anything else? We talked about mindshare, but what about building mindshare? Obviously, we can talk do some of the things that you've just talked about, but it's doing it ongoing, which can sometimes be a bit of a challenge. How can you stay front of mind for people who are busy on an ongoing basis? Any ideas and thoughts and tips you can share there? Absolutely. And uh, and I use this phrase, you need to be, or you, you need to develop a world of being a communication chameleon. <laughs> uh, one of the skills that I developed very quickly um, because of the roles I was doing in various organisations is I could engage and talk to an engineer, then I could switch the conversation to mid-management, and then I could, as I've experienced and grown my experience, I've managed to switch to have that conversation at a CEO level. So I'm a, a, able to apply a lens to all of those things. So I think... For me, communication is absolutely critical. And I, you know, even to my team here, I'm saying I'd much prefer you to over communicate than under communicate. That is really because if you think about your roles, people will always question, will always be asking, what are you doing? What, what's going on and what's, what's happening? By you being proactive with your communication, communicate the challenges, communicate the wins, you know, really share what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis, create yourself your own report that you send to someone just to, 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 to really say, we had great successes this week, we, we did on this, 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 and this. That over-communication really does tell individuals that you're working to your maximum level to drive value for their business. And you are, you, again, you earn the right from that perspective to say, I've sent you these challenges. I think we could really do more if we did this, 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 and this. And I think that links really well. I mean, we did a webinar for the specialists a little while ago now, which hopefully most of the people today have listened to, or if not, it's on demand and you can listen to it. But it was about building your own personal brand. And I think that communication that you've just talked about, that is a big part of that. So by showing and building your own personal brand, obviously you're doing the best that you can for your business and the role that you're doing, but also for yourself. Um, which Correct. I think for everybody, you know, going through this point in their careers, I think is an important, important skill, as you say. You're right, Caroline, because it just doesn't stop now. You, no. you're, in your career, you will be consistently adding new armory to your brand with yeah. the, the things you do now, the things you do in the future, the learnings and the experiences you bring. So it's a constant evolution of yourself. And you should make sure that you think about you invest in that. You know, because yeah. it it will it will get you to the places that you want to go, okay, by investing in yourself and building your personal brand as you gain those experiences. And it is an evolution, isn't it? You know, we we um, one of the other podcasts that we were doing is about to fail or not to fail, and we all learn from our experiences and what we yeah. perceive as failures. But you know, as long as we're learning from them and 
we reflect on some that have maybe not gone as well, we can constantly evolve. And that's the important thing. And sharing that via your personal brand and showing that you're doing that, I think is one of the best attributes Absolutely. that we can all have. Pulling that one, you know, maybe a failure, but pulling that one thing out of the situation that actually had an impact, maybe mm. just one thing that the next time you go into these things, you've taken that learnings with you and you know what you're going to do, but you know what, this, this bit worked. Yeah. And you'll learn from something that didn't. So next time it will be even better, which is which is a great right. thing. You've talked about different skills, I think, as we've talked about in the podcast today, that, that really help in building this mindshare and engaging the stakeholders. But what would you say are your top three skills that you would think for an Adobe partner specialist that really would help them with this whole process? Three skills. I think first one is listening. But when I say listening, um, I mean here what people are saying. I've, I've been in many meetings when people are actively listening, as they say, but are they actually hearing? Be, be really conscious of trying to understand what you're being told. And I know it's, that's, that's a challenging thing, but there's usually a reason people are, are talking about a certain thing, but by really delving and, and questioning a little bit and, and understanding, you, you get to the real thing that they, they, they'd want to talk about rather than they'll start the surface conversation uh, and you can delve a little bit deeper into that. So I'd really, really focus about that. I think put yourself in your stakeholders' shoes. Think about their day-to-day -day role, what they are, what drives them, how they operate, what is important to them, because that will give you a very good sense of how you can add value to that individual. Um, I think there's not enough done with listening to customers. And let's be clear, you know, where you are, your customer is actually the organization you're working with. That's the, your customer number one, rather than the external customers that you will engage with. So really put yourself into their shoes to understand what makes them tick on a day-to-day -day basis. And that'll give you a very good understanding of hey, where you can add. So, so look at things from their perspective. Totally. Absolutely. And I think uh, we come back to the start of this. One of the key mentoring things that I give to all of my guys and, and, and my, my teams over the years is network, invest in your network. And, and that was a, a message that I was given when I first joined Microsoft. Part of your job should be to invest in your network because that network will pay dividends. So if you need to get something done, if you need to understand a process if you need to quickly bypass a process or actually really challenge something really get and build a network networking strategy people where they work how they can help and add value and it comes back to the start of this go out of your way to go above and beyond for those people outside of your network by adding value because you will actually be able to pick up the telephone one day and say look I know this guy in, in this, the procurement department, you know, I know, let me give me a call and I'll be able to see what the reality of the situation is. And for all of the great processes and all of the great structures that organisations have, it's a people thing. Yeah. By building your network, maintaining your network and adding value to your network, it will never let you down. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, that, that's great. Three, three great skills, I think, that you've just outlined there. So I guess my last question is... When is pushy not too pushy? It was interesting when I first saw the title of this because I think there's a difference between pushy 
and adding value. I think you can be pushy when you're not adding value and you will be seen as being pushy. But if you're adding value, you're, you're, not, you're not being pushy. If you, you, if you have strong and clear ideas that are going to add value to an individual, I think you should really be strong in the way that you approach things because at the end of the day, by landing that message, you are actually driving the business forward. And once you've managed yeah. to do that, you, people will start coming back to you for advice because you've added, you know, because what you you said is correct. So all of a sudden your value criteria to the organisation goes up and you become a strategic conversation rather than a transactional conversation. No, that's great. And I think, you know, it's we might suddenly perceive that this is us being pushy, but actually you know, we're having those conversations, as you say, with value for the person we're talking to and, and having building that confidence to be able to do that. So, Jess, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. And I think that you shared some great experiences in, in your own you know, personal thoughts as well about through your career, how you've overcome some of these things and started to build that mind share and engage those, those stakeholders so I think this has been hugely valuable for the Adobe Partner Specialist, and I thank you for that. So let me just say thank you. Again, thank you for your time and uh, look forward to connecting with you all again soon. Thanks very much, Caroline. It's been a pleasure.